0: a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, December 26, 2022. And of course, we're counting the days off for the rest of the year. We have, what, a week left? Christmas is coming on. New Year's is, is, what, next Monday? And, you know, the year moved pretty fast, and so will the next year, the year after that. They move fast, people. That's why you have to be very careful about your investments and your strategy and growing your money. The safest thing you could do is make sure you put money aside every paycheck. Just do it every paycheck. Just do it. It will add up. I guarantee it. And don't think this last year is going to be the same as next year. They don't, they're never the same. That's not happening. It's not going to work. We've had a sea change in what works growth no longer working, growth stocks no longer working very well, value stocks working pretty well, even in a bad year as we had in this year, 2022. So that's what we have to do concentrate on our portfolios, on our savings. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here to. I'm here today and on the radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy decisions. In fact, I look forward to doing this Top podcast whenever I can. I'm always willing and wanting to hear your financial investment questions. And the phone number never changes. It's been the same for over 22 plus years and it's never going to change. As far as I know, we're probably never going to change unless the phone company makes us. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And, of course, like always, I've got quite a bit of material to get through today. My focus point today, can you avoid early withdrawal penalty for your IRS, IRAs? Can you? Yes, you can. There's ways to do it. But you got to be careful. Time permitting, i got several other topics I want to discuss as I was reading today. Uh, there wasn't much in economic stats out today, and are not going to be much out this week. So I'll just go over those really quickly if at a certain point. When the stock market starts to move up, when do you think will have happened? What will be the catalyst for the stock market to start to move up? And I only have two things I wrote down. And financial trends that killed the market in 2022. You can guess. And one of them, of course, is interest rates started to rise. Fed started raising rates. That was easy. Second one, inflation. That's easy. But what others? What else? What else caused that problem for the market in 2022? And what billionaires Keep their money in. What do they do with their money? They're in the bear markets. What do the billionaires do with their money? And you'll be surprised. I think you'll be surprised. Maybe not, but we'll talk about that. The market was up today. The Dow was up 176 points. The NASDAQ was up 22, and the S&P was up 22. 22 points each for those. That's pretty unusual. Usually the NASDAQ leads and... We can say that maybe it's still leading by its weakness because it was the least percentage-wise movement up today. So that's what happened. We don't have much happening this week. This week is a kind of a dead week. A lot of traders are gone between Christmas and New Year's. So there's a lot less trading going on. When there's a lot less activity, the market can become more volatile. Okay, and many times uh, the market is up for this week. But, you know, I don't think we can count that this year, and I don't I don't rely on that. It's too short of a time frame. Do we really care about that short of a time frame? I don't think so. Okay, let's go ahead and go take our first caller. Let's go ahead and put that on.
2: Hi, my name is John from San Jose. I was calling about Cleveland Cliffs, CLF. If it's too late to uh, buy it now, they had some really good news the other day. And it's gone up quite a bit. And I wanted to see if it was too late to uh, go ahead and buy it now. Thank you very much. Have a
3: great day.
1: Yeah, it moved pretty strongly um, uh, up, what, 11%, 12%. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, Inc., produce, producer of flat-rolled steel and supplier of iron and ore pellets in North America. It's going to make $2.96 this year. That's 2022 still. They made $5.86 last year, so that's a huge down down uh, stroke for this year. Next year, they're only going to make $1.53. It's a $16.90 stock, and you'd say, well, it's still fairly cheap. And yeah, it is. It's still pretty darn cheap. Great return on equity, 87%. Um, at this stage, I'm not keen on it. I'm, Fed members trying to kill the economy, and I don't want to fight the Fed. And when they kill the economy... Still, demand is going to go down, and therefore, earnings and sales will go down. And sales for the most recent quarter did go down 6% when they were up sharply the quarters before. So, no, I'm not keen on it at this point. You're a little too late. Too late to the party. We're headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your your recorded voice bank questions, but we love talking to you live. My number, it never changes, and it's never closed. Vestalk, 888-99-CHART.
4: In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each Invest Talk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. InvestTalk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience. 24-7. Rain or Shine. During smooth sailing or on rough weather days, the Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart.
2: Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes, and be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review
1: comments. Eight 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 ninety nine, chart. Love to hear from you. I know it's a holiday kind of week, and you know maybe you're not paying too close attention to your market, your portfolio, and the, and the market. But it'd be a great time to call and ask you just general questions. My focus point today concerns the story: Can you avoid early withdrawal penalty for IRAs? And the answer is yes, but there's lots of rules. Now, early withdrawal means anything before 59 and a half years old. You normally cannot cannot take money out of your IRA 401Ks before you're 59 and a year, the year you turn 59 and a half years old. But there are certain exceptions to that rule. So yes, you can. If you take it without meeting the exceptions to the rule, you're going to be, you'll be you be charged taxes, income taxes on that, and a 10% penalty. Pretty steep, pretty steep. Okay, so what are some of the things you can use to take money out before the time limit and not get penalized? Okay, now the current... Uh, uh, the current legislation passed recently in congress has is making changes to it so that will change this a little bit but there are certain things you can do for instance higher education expenses you can pay for college you know for higher education not just any college for your children or grandchildren and and you or your spouse but they got to be eligible okay eligible for this it's, so it's not just any for, you know, I'm going to take truck driving school classes. That's, no, you got to be very careful. First home, first time home buyers, you can make withdrawal up to $10,000. Not much, really, especially for if you're buying in California, that $10,000 won't, won't, won't cover much. But you can't just take it out and do it. That's not that simple. Okay, and it's first-time home buyers. Now, the definition is if you haven't bought a house, you know, you don't have a house and you haven't bought one in the last two years, you'll be considered a first home, first-time home buyer, even though it may not be your first time. Third reason, home health insurance if you're unemployed. You need to buy health insurance. Death. You had to pay for death, the burial services or something. Unreimbursed medical expenses. Now they they have to be careful cuz they may not be subject to penalty but then again they may. So you got to be very careful. A birth or an adoption. Each person can use $5,000 per birth or adoption from the respective retirement accounts. So the funds could uh, would cover associated expenses for a birth or an adoption. Disability. If the IRS that's a, that's the seventh one. The eighth IRS levy. So you won't incur a penalty if the distribution results from the IRS taking a tax levy from your retirement account. In other words, forcing the money out of your account. They can't just they can't tax you in penalty on that. Active active reservists and tend is substantially equal periodic payments, which is something very unusual and very difficult. So number 10, we're going to just forget about that. You're not going to do that. They're called 72T payments. You're not going to do that, okay? So those are some of the reasons. You just make sure that you qualify. Don't just do it. Okay, let's pivot back to InvestTalk Voice Bank and play a question that came in earlier from Stern California.
5: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kevin calling from La Crescenta. I'm calling about the stock Organon, ticker symbol is OGN. It was a spinoff from Merck a while back, and I have shares of Merck, and now I have a few shares of this Organon. I've had them for a while, and looks like it's in an uptrend and uh, maybe stabilized. So I'm wondering if it's not a bad idea to to pick up a, a little bit more of this and hold on to it. It has a decent dividend, and again, looks like it's been in an uptrend. So done from uh, the dip after the, the spinoff you could take a look at it i appreciate it thank you
1: yeah everything about it looks pretty good except one minor little detail sales are shrinking not a lot but they're shrinking organon out of georgia city new jersey manufactures generic drugs for the betterment of women's health and condition women face throughout their lives they make four dollars and 95 cents a share this year Last year they made six dollars and forty-six cents the year before, nine dollars and ninety-five cents. Year before that, twelve dollars. Next year they're gonna make four seventy-two. Earnings per share is going in the wrong direction, and sales shrank four percent in the most recent quarter, one percent the quarter before that. They rose four percent in the March quarter, shrank one percent in the December quarter. So they gotta get on the dime, they gotta grow their sales. They are a cheap company. I mean it's a twenty seven dollar ninety-three cent stock and they're gonna make four dollars and seventy-two cents. They pay a four percent dividend. The five year the five year PE range is three to seven. Three to seven. So they're kinda of high of the range. Return on equity is very good at eighty-two percent and they have a very high cash flow. There's things I like about it, but earnings, the thing that I don't like about it. So it wouldn't be something I would hold on to unless I knew something more about what's going on with their earnings. Why aren't they growing their earnings? How long is it going to take for them to get to growth? So when people take time to leave Our podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their question quickly. So Jeffrey from Alabama called WLY. I would like to get your analyst's opinion and a good entry point for a 1% position in John Wiley and Sons WLY. This company would be added to my dividend growth and income portfolio for a 5 plus year time horizon. So let's look let's look at WLY. W Oops, WLY, Steve. I'm dyslexic sometimes. John John Wiley and Sons publishes and Marcus textbooks. Reference books, consumer books, periodicals, and electronic media products. They're going to make $3.80. It's a $39 stock, so it's a 10 PE or 11 PE. And that's near the in low of its range. I don't like it because sales are shrinking. Pays a dividend 3.5%. Dividend yields are very good at 21%. Management owns 1%. Are they into textbooks? I don't like paper things. I like the electronic stuff, electronic books. That's where the future's going. Not my cup of tea, no. I wouldn't be a buyer of it. Justin and I, thank you for your podcast support, everybody. It's free. Free downloads continue every day. Please call 888-99-CHART.
2: The holiday season is here. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and they welcome your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk
5: 888-99-CHART. Hi, Leo from Los Gatos, California. Using the baseball analogy, we're in the first inning of people buying EVs. As we go down to the fifth inning, sixth inning, and further, is it common sense to figure the utility companies is going to be making out because they have all the infrastructure in place already to charge the electrical vehicles? All they got to do is put adapters on them and, uh, to charge the cars up. Do you think utilities would benefit off this as we go along? I don't know if it's that easy to think that way, but it's a little common sense. What's your opinion? I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: Well, you would think that's a pretty logical step, thinking in those terms. But I think it's going to be a lot more complex than that. First of all, member utilities are 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 uh, are very heavily um, um, very heavily organized and and controlled by the various states. So they can't just make profits. They can't just go and make hand-over-fish profits, not nearly as well as an oil company can, because they can't charge higher rates. Number two, they're going to have to spend a bunch of money to upgrade their utility grid and put more electricity on, build new power plants. They're going to spend a lot of money to do that, because we don't have enough. As you said, uh, the EV vehicle, electric vehicles are in their infancy, infancy. Infancy. What happens when they're in their middle uh, teens, growing? Huge demand on electric grid for electric for charging your cars. Where's that electricity going to come from? Where's it going to come from? I mean, we can't get here in California. You can't get a power company rebuilt. There's no building a power company in California. The only thing you might be able to do is, or well, you can put out some sub solar panels out there in the desert and generate electricity that way. You know how much that electricity costs—two, three times, or ten times—way more than you know a natural gas power plant would cost, or you know any other type. Way more. So. It's not going to be that simple. I wish it was because that would be a great, you know, way to invest and say, you know, it's going to, and there will be a huge demand. It's, that's, that's a foregone conclusion. There will be. So, we're not going to have very many economic news bits out this week. We do have one piece that's coming out later in the week that may be of interest, and that's pending home sales. And that's out on Wednesday. Last month, it's pending home sales. Pending are those houses that sold, and there's a contract signed, but funding hasn't happened, hasn't closed. They fell 4.6% last month, pending home sales. They're expecting it to be down 1.8% this month. Now, housing actually is looking a little bit better because mortgage rates went down for the last few weeks. But still, it's not going to be a good market for housing for most of this year. It's just not. Most, um, you know, We had Christmas dinner, and I have a lot of brother-in-laws who are real estate appraisers in Southern California, and they said most real estate appraisers have lost 50% or more of their business. And so have they. So they're hurting pretty bad. So I don't expect much good news from the housing market this year we're not going to have very much good economic news for the first half of this year just not because the fed's still raising rates they still want the they haven't gotten to the point where they've destroyed the economy yet they're still working on it don't 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 think they won't get there they're just working on it right now i expect them to be successful so when will the stock market start to move up? When will it start to recognize that the Fed has done its job or enough of its job and stock prices are actually going to start moving up? And there's no one knows the answer to that question, but I can give you you know two obvious steps to look for. And when one of them is when the step when the Fed stops rising rates, when it says we're getting close they're not gonna it's not gonna be like Okay, we're not going to raise rates anymore. We're done. That's not going to be like that. It's going to be, you know, talk about it and slow it down. And it's going to be like that. And then the second second reason I put down was when investors start to believe that earnings per share for corporations is finally on the mend. When they believe that, when they think that's going to happen six months from now or whatever, the market will start to look a lot healthier. So those two things you look for, you gotta look forward to it. You gotta look forward to something. Those are two key elements. Key. Okay? New Year's Eve is almost here and the market's constantly changing. You must have a financial investment question waiting, wanting to ask. So that's the time to do it. You can set the agenda, so call now, InvestTalk, 888-99Chart.
6: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. Okay, the pre-KPP premium newsletter went out like it usually does. I finished it on Friday. We sent it out on Saturday. But since Christmas is in the way, we never really got a chance to talk about it. Some of the highlights. So I want to do that now. Last Monday, 12-19, December 19th, the market continued to sell off. However, it found a bottom and began to bounce on Tuesday. At that point, it had been down six of the previous seven trading days. Negative sentiment in the form of fear of deep recession was on the minds of, of traders. Tax loss harvesting may also contribute to the sell-off. Tech-heavy Nasdaq had the worst of the decline, it has been the worst performing major index of the year. Do you know how much it is down for the year, everybody? The NASDAQ for 2022, as of today, or at least as of last Friday, was down 32%. 32%. Traders most likely will see a bounce from the oversold territory for the month of December because a month that was pretty pretty badly oversold so we might get a bounce into the new year. Sales of existing homes fell 7.7% in November compared with October. According to the National Association of Realtors, the season-adjusted annualized pace was 4.09 million units. The weakest has been all year long and weaker than the 4.17 million units the month before. That's been a monthly decline consistently over the year. Sales down thirty-five point four percent year over year, marking the tenth straight month of declines, the weakest pace since November two thousand ten. Now, there's only one month exception. That was May two thousand twenty, when the sales fell sharply, about but briefly by, you know, then so. And the stock ideas, a company that operates one of the largest e-commerce marketplaces in the world. In fact, $87 billion in gross merchandise volume for GMV is 2012. The firm firm was the sixth largest global e-commerce business. For a tech company, it trades pretty below multiples. The current P-E ratio is around 10 over a 2.1 percent dividend, the company is expected to grow modestly next year. with a strong cash flow of 531 per share, we feel it should be a, you know a, 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 it should ride through the recession pretty easily. I think you'd be surprised about the company who it is though I do. Okay, um, also uh, a company that produces semiconductors for wireless handsets and other devices that are used to enable wireless connectivity. Its main products include power amplifiers, filters, or switches, and integrated front-end modules that support wireless transmissions. The company customers are mostly large smartphone manufacturers but the firm also has a growing presence in non-handheld applications such as wireless routers, medical devices, and automobiles. And more and more devices become connected to the internet via cellular networks. The company may continue to find new industries that may require additional RF chip content. The stock trades at a low PE ratio of 8, combined with a 2.7% dividend. And fourteen dollars, fourteen dollars eleven cents a share. Cash flow, it can be a pretty attractive position. And you know, as you know, we always name names in the newsletter. We tell you who it is in the newsletter. We just can't do that over the air. Let's go ahead and grab another question from the listener line eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: Hi, Stephen Justin, longtime caller here from Minnesota. I bought um C, uh, what is that? Citigroup, I believe. Uh, some time ago, and since I've owned it, it's gone down. I'm considering selling it yet this year to take a tax loss on it. I'm looking at purchasing some MRK Merck. Um, you know, quality stock pays a good dividend. I believe City pays a dividend also, but anyways, I know Merck pays just as good of one, I believe, and Merck, um I believe, has good cash returns and everything. Another one I'm looking at, too, is WD-40. From what I've researched, they pay a good dividend, and they do good things with their cash and stock buybacks. What are your thoughts on doing any of this? Do you think Citi would be good to sell for tax losses, and would Merck or WD-40 be a good purchase? Thanks. Look forward to hearing your comments on the show. Have a good day.
1: Yeah, for a taxable account, it would be a good time to sell off Citi Group. You can always buy it back after 31 days if you really like it so you can vo- avoid your uh, the wash rule. Uh, I like Merck better than w- WDFC uh, because it's a stronger company. Uh, they pay a 2.6% dividend, return equity is 48%, cash flow is $7.32, it's a $111 stock, going to make $7.52 next year. So the problem with Merck is it's been moving up pretty nicely and it's fairly priced. It's not underpriced. A good point is its sales growth is still continuing, 14% in the most recent quarter. So, of the two, I like Merck better. But a lot of the run might already be in it. don't know for sure. Okay, let's squeeze in one more iTunes review question. Roland Nolan, I'm sorry, Ryan Nolan, I can't be the pitcher, Ryan Nolan wants to talk about a recession. Could you explain why you think the upcoming recession will be a mild one and not severe? I can't, because the government has been still spending so much money that's sloshing around. All, look at all the bills they've been passing. They passed that semiconductor bill, which was billions of dollars. They just passed another one, which is billions of more dollars. So from the from the from the fiscal side of things, the government is still spending money. It's the Federal Reserve that's trying to cut back the excess spending. So, because of that, I think that that money is still going to be around. They're still spending. They're still spending, you know, COVID stimulus money. That's that, that. That's why I just don't see it being that deep of a recession. I just don't see it. Of course, could it happen? Of course, no one knows for sure. But you know, we don't. We've got a pretty strong job market. Uh, I, I just think that economy is still in a pretty good position even with the Fed raising rates. I just don't, th- you know, the Fed has never gotten it right. They've always gotten it wrong. They might go, they might go too long in cutting or uh, raising rates. They may go too long, and that will make it a deeper recession. And that's an unknown that, I, you know, that is out there that could well happen, making my thought process all wrong. But I just don't think we're going to be in that deep of a recession. We are going to go into recession. I just don't think it's going to be that bad. Okay, 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, everybody. love to talk to you. Okay, financial trends that killed the market in 2022. So it's always good to look back and see, well, what? So you remember, we're trying to, we try to learn from all these bad experiences you have over your trading life. And you use that knowledge for continuing to grow your earnings going forward. So what were some of the financial trends that really hurt? And, of course, the first one is, you could say, is cheap money. Money was no longer free, basically. Federal Reserve started raising rates, making money costs more money. And, of course, we know what happens when you have free money. Free money is spent. Free money is spent on stock prices, and it goes into the market. So it causes markets to go up. Well, we don't have that right now, so that was a big trend that changed. Disappearing capital—a little bit different than free money. Disappearing capital, and here I'm talking about—I'm talking about uh, QE. QE being being uh, disappearing. So, uh, let me turn this off. Stupid phone. Nice. Sorry about that, everybody. But the QE is gone. QE means that the the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve is shrinking. That means capital is coming out of the system. So you add higher interest rates with the removal of capital, and that's a big financial trend that's going to hurt. We also learned this year value stocks trumped growth stocks for the first time in many, many years. That is a change, everybody, and I think a significant one. And one Justin and I talked about, not just this year, but into last year, saying look for a change where growth will no longer trump value. And that happened this year. And I think it's going to continue to happen. I don't, don't expect growth to just come roaring back, right? not right away, no. And one other thing that happened in 2022 that put a change in certain uh, financial aspects of the market, and that's cryptocurrency collapsing twice, collapsing. So, you know, that's what, that's, that's the big, some big major changes that really, that we have to pay attention to going forward. Just learn the lessons of this, and and I think we'll be a long, but a long way better off going forward. The stock market has certainly been presenting what I call changing market dynamics, and and if you're serious about financial future yours, you have to deal with the change. You really do, and so these are some of the major changes that I've seen. But you also have to update your strategies. You can't just not you can't just recognize the changes and say, okay, well that's that's all right, but I'm going to stay with what I have. You got to recognize the change and how dynamic and how pervasive and how major of a change it's going to be. It's going to last a few years, six months, 10 years. you got to make that decision. So we do that all the time here at KPP Financial. You know, Justin and I, we are the owners and managers at KPP Financial. We're in Orange County, California, between L.A. and San Diego, south of Los Angeles and north of San Diego. And let me remind you that on Talk. And at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, and shared success. And how we do that? We offer unbiased guidance. We don't buy other people's guidance. We invest our own assets in the same things as our clients. Same time, same price. We want to be on the same side of the table as our clients. We implement those same strategies for ourselves. And we have five different strategies as we do for our clients. Same thing. If you want to take a look at your portfolio, we'll do that for free. Like most money managers and registered investment advisors, we all do it for free. But we don't try to, our difference is we're not going to try to talk into anything. We'll just tell you what you have. We'll tell you if it's risky, not risky. If it seems to match your risk portfolio, we have a way to measure that. And we try to, you know, try to just educate you on what, you're, what you actually are doing with your money. And is that what you really want to do? To do that, just call our offices at KPP Financial over in California or go to InvestTalk.com, click on the Contact Us buttons all over the place. We'll be happy to get in touch with you. I think after speaking with us just for a short period of time, you'll see the difference. And we really do want to help you, everybody. So let us help you. We will. The sooner you do it, the better off. Next, we'll go into our voice bank and get a question from there. Guy called from Georgia. So just hang on.
4: In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. Invest Talk is a free download. Your participation makes it unique. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 99 chart. Hey, this.
3: Is- James from Georgia, I have a fund that I had from a 401k, uh, which or it was a Roth IRA or whatever but I had with a company that I worked for years ago. It was with Principal, and I rolled that over into a traditional IRA account on my TD Ameritrade platform. The fund is S A G P X. I don't know anything about this. I'm curious. Would you recommend me selling this fund, maybe reinvesting this in some other ETFs or equities that would perform well? Because I know the environment has totally changed. Geek in your advice. Love the show. Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, I would definitely get out of this. This is the principal, S-A-M, conservative growth a mutual fund, S-A-G-P-X. Um, it hasn't done very well. I, I wouldn't be in it. I, I, if, I, if I were you, I'd move into something. I don't mind you being conservative, but I don't know what principle has never been top of the charts of any of its funds or very few of its funds. It's not a great of a fund family. I don't like them. You can do a lot better in a lot other funds. And if it was me, you know, depending if you have a number of years left, I'd move into the values part of the market, the value side of the market, you know, uh, other than growth part of the market. That's where I would move to. So, I, I, yeah, I'd be out of this in a heartbeat. Okay, uh, Amir Benham, he wanted to do wanted a review. He called uh, and gave us a review. I know you support oil and gas stocks. I wonder what you think of GUX. GUX, take a look. G-U-X is not a symbol. So I don't know who that is. You didn't give me a name of a company, so I can't look it up. But there is no G-U-X. So guess what? I can't give you my opinion on it. So we're going to take a break. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break, so get your questions in now. 888 99 Chart. Got
2: a question for Steve or Justin?
5: I'm calling to ask you an opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is during the market downturn, do
3: dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's
1: the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price.
0: What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART.
2: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
5: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Bill from San Diego. I own nine stocks and 12 ETFs. They are all in diversified different sectors. Is this a good strategy? Have a nice day and Merry Christmas.
1: There's nothing wrong with having nine stocks and a bunch of ETFs. The ETFs, of course, are much more diverse. Uh, the wrong thing would be is if you own nine stocks in the same sector or one or two sectors and the ETFs in the same area as the market as each other, that would be wrong. You, gotta, you first got to achieve your proper diversification. And what is your goal of the stocks versus the ETS? I mean, I'm, I'm, are you trying to grow your portfolio? Are you looking for dividends? You know, does the, does the portfolio match your risk tolerance and your strategy? So just telling me you have nine stocks and 12 ETS doesn't tell me what your strategy is. So that's what's important. Is it matching what I'm after? Will I achieve what I think I'm going to achieve with what I have? And it could very well be. You could be right on the money. Um, I just can't answer that question other than there's nothing wrong with having that group of stocks and ETFs as long as it matches your goals and your strategy. Okay? Okay, what do billionaires do with their money when they have these big market downturns? Basically, they do very little. Don't think that they make much changes. They have so much money they can't move around very fast. So where are their money? Believe it or not, they have a lot of cash and cash equivalents right now. And that is actually positive for the stock market going forward. But right now they have a lot of cash and cash equivalents. When I say a lot, okay, I could you know tell you the numbers and trillions of dollars or billions of dollars, but we have we have to have we have no scale. You have no scale to put that against. So when I say a lot. I'm meaning as a percentage of their portfolios, they have more than they normally have. That's why I say a lot. Well, if I said, well, they don't have a lot, they're mostly invested, that means they have less cash than they normally would have. They have more commodities than they have had in the past. They have moved slowly over to the commodity side of the market. They also invest in foreign currencies, regular stocks, hedge funds, real estate, and collectibles. So they're not too much different than you or me. We just had to do it at a much smaller scale. Okay, and maybe we can't do and won't want to do hedge funds because they're so risky. But for a billionaire and I put a you know fifty million dollars in a hedge fund, that's not much risk for me. Right? If I'm a billionaire. So that's the kind of thing they do, and it's you know, it's okay. They don't do that much different than what we do. They try to diversify their portfolio just like you and I do. We all try to do that so we don't get you know, caught. Okay? Now, every once in a while, do you do this? I like to do this at this time of the year, and it's a really good exercise for people to do. And that is to determine how much of your portfolio, how much now, how much you have in your portfolio. I'm not an excluding property unless you're talking about rental property. But excluding your house, basically, how much income is that going to produce all those assets in retirement? So, how much income am I going to make in retirement off the assets I have? I find this a very interesting exercise because you can use the money in the stock market and you can use a factor, and I use 4.5% because I'm conservative as a return every year that I could take out and spend and never run out of money. So 4.5% out of a million dollars is $45,000. So if I have a million dollars in my stock portfolio, I say, okay, well, that'll make me $45,000. Uh, I don't have a pension plan, but I do get Social Security, and that's going to make me another 25000 I do have uh, an old uh old retirement account that you know the state's going to pay me 300 dollars a month i see figure out how much money how much rental income are you going to have if you have rental properties it's very very um eye-opening then figure how much money you're going to need to spend in retirement it's eye-opening then you know how much money you're going to have to save I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Out program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Please make that a New Year's resolution, by the way. It's free. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We have achieved about 48 million downloads so far. We'll surely get way over 50 million this coming year. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Justin and I th- are taking a few days off here and there, so we've prepared several best of caller questions this week. So please listen in. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy them. Independent thinking and shared success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Good night.
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.